0: This podcast may contain explicit language. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan.
1: Co-host, Ethan Hamilton.
0: Quick note on a few shows we are planning on coming up. Tonight we continue our State of the League series reviewing everyone's team in our Dynasty League with our last team, the champ, Akron Pro's. We will have a pre-draft ranking special in advance of the NFL draft this coming week, starting on April 29th. That would be the NFL draft, not our show. That uh, will cover our current Dynasty rankings before the draft, as well as a list of the top 25 rookies for Dynasty before we know their new homes. We will have night-by-night coverage during the draft. Make sure to follow our Twitter feeds for full live reactions at TJ3Duncan and at Hammy2112. And then we'll be doing our yearly post draft mock draft again try and say that three times fast to get you ready for the summer with a couple special guests we have lined up for you we are planning on a lot of fun with that one finally we are planning a special rules series this summer covering things like the superflex or uh, the difference between half point ppr and full point ppr so if you have a question would like us to review one of uh, your particular rules have something new or inventive Please email us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com to either submit your question to us or be part of our mailing list going forward. So as I said before, we are continuing our State of the League series with our last team today, and Akron Pros is under the microscope. We welcome in, the champ is here, Dana Duncan. Hello. Hello. Yes. Uh the Tom Brady of our league who goes with what? A 5 and 7 record, 5 and 8, did we establish that the other day, Ethan? It
1: was 5 and 8.
0: Yes. It was 5 and 8. Comes back to win the playoffs and uh we'll take a look back at your team and your 2020 season. So first up, we're going to just review your draft results from the seven spot. So first off, you had DeAndre Swift at pick 7. You then didn't have another pick until the third round because you traded your second round pick to me, which I used to pick Michael Pittman Jr. Then at pick 27, you took Damian Harris, the running back for the New England Patriots. Pick 37, you went with Alan Lazard, 47, LaMichael Pirine, 57, Jamichael Hasty. 65, Indianapolis, and 67, Lynn Bowden
2: Jr. So I will ask you this. How do you feel about that draft class? Well, uh, Swift helped me get the championship to some extent. He came back. He was been he- injured, came back healthier, and at least gave me a stable back. Harris was a good fill-in. Uh, the rest of it, meh. Um, I took a few flyers and hoped that things were going to do better than they were, but uh, didn't. Fair enough. Ethan, how would you say this draft class ranks against some of the
0: other ones we've looked at so far?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean picking where as late as he did he just took a lot of flyers hoping that something was going to pan out and not a lot of them in the late rounds did but uh, he's absolutely right about DeAndre Swift especially moving forward that could be a very very important piece yeah i would say that's
0: probably the only valuable asset out of this class that is likely to remain on your roster more or less the the top 15 picks given the amount of other great players you already have filling out the rest of your roster And you kind of got lucky with how the draft fell to you that he was even available at pick seven. So for having pick seven traditionally, you wouldn't get one of the top running backs, but it was a deep class last year. And he did end up contributing to your team, uh, ultimately resulting in the championship. So I can't be too upset at that, but one out of, uh, I guess, seven picks uh, of any real tangible value, you wouldn't say it's a great draft, but it's not necessarily a losing effort either. Uh, If you can get two valuable guys going forward, that's usually a pretty good draft. All right, so then let's move to your team. You have one of the more interesting quarterback classes, and that's usually where we start. You have kind of a blend of old and young on this squad. Josh Allen, we have the ever-present Aaron Rodgers, which was the first overall dynasty pick going back to the formation of the league. That was the first overall pick, let alone you know any other quarterbacks but and then Matt Ryan rounds out the top three how do
2: you feel about your quarterback position going into 2021 well Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a a, uh, MVP status as we can see and uh, Josh Allen uh, had a downturn uh, mid-season but he was playing at an MVP pace I think he's actually going to have a better Season next year, everybody's anticipating the bills adding some uh, pieces on the offensive line to give them a little better protection. Um, they may also add a wide receiver, from what I'm seeing, uh, which could only improve his overall numbers. So I feel pretty good about it going forward. I've got Rodgers for now, and if he continues to play, uh, you know, if not, I've got uh, Allen down the road, Matt Ryan. Um, I'm going to have to make some decisions. There's still no que- or some question. Apparently, Arthur Blank is interested in keeping Ryan, uh, the uh, general manager whose name is uh, Dimitriov. Is that it? No, he
0: left. He's he got gone. fired after last year. They made a change at GM, and Arthur Smith, the former offensive coordinator for the Titans, is now the head coach there. And you actually have that backward. Arthur Blank is enamored with some of the top quarterbacks in the draft class, but he doesn't feel he's going to exert his authority to uh, on his new GM and coach into making their first pick be a quarterback. Given that Matt Ryan is 36, it should be under consideration given that they're at pick four. But that, to most of these draft experts, seems to be the pivot pick where San Francisco, the Jets, and obviously the Jaguars at the top three picks are likely all to take quarterbacks, that pick four has been talked about at being anywhere from traded down to Kyle Pitts to you know going in a, a bunch of different directions. So I could see a lot of things happening about pick four when we get to April 29th That being said, I would agree with you, Matt Ryan is probably near the cut line given who you have on your team. Would you say the same, Ethan?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be a question for me. If I have Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen, (laughs) yeah, Matt Ryan is not making my my offseason roster.
2: The only way would be is if he gets traded to some uh, contending team yet. But I don't know how many contending teams really want a quarterback who's 36 after the Stafford trade. Fair enough.
0: All right, so then let's move over to running back with uh, your squad. It's probably been one of the most difficult positions for you just looking at your dynasty history over the last several years. You got decent contributions down the stretch, but currently on the roster you have Selvan Ahmed, Todd Gurley II, who I, I'm not even sure he's going to play again, Damian Harris, Jermichael Hasty, David Johnson, Tyron Johnson, then we have to look much further down the list, Benny Snell Jr., Devin Singletary, and DeAndre Swift. Now, out of these, you could arguably say that maybe Benny Snell is the starter. DeAndre Swift is the guaranteed starter. Uh, after that, I'm not sure there's another starting number one running back on this team at the moment. Does that give you pause, or is that something that you think you can still manage, given that you want a title
2: with this roster, regardless of that? Well, I'm going into this draft and having the last pick in the round. I'm just going to take whatever the value is that falls to me. And quite frankly, even if the value falls to me at quarterback, I might just take a quarterback with that pick because there's always somebody in this league who's willing to give up multiple picks for somebody for the future. So I'm just going to do that. You can find value. I mean, Aaron Jones was available on waivers two years ago or three years ago in this league. You could have picked him up. I missed on a waiver request for him, but um, in a, there's talent that you can find late in the draft or as a free agent. Now, the one thing I would say that I've been doing some calculations
0: in my head, and maybe I'm overthinking last year a little bit because we tend to have big wide receiver years in contrast to running back years. I think this might be a running back year, and they sort of go back and forth every other year as to which position ends up getting the bigger value. Two years ago, it was heavily on running back with Christian McCaffrey having a huge season. You had a f- few other uh, guys. Saquon Barkley had a huge year two years ago. or you know, And so a lot of these guys ended up coming forward as big-time running backs. Last year, we had a few big-time running backs, but not nearly as many. And the top was very elite. After that, it was kind of where you could figure out value whereas wide receiver ended up being the top position for a lot of people. Do you guys see that wide receiver has maybe made a claim towards being more valuable as a result? I know they're more consistent as a draft pick, but as to how you build your team, usually it's been running back first, but I could see a team that builds around more elite wide receivers as your stalwarts and then fills in at running back a little bit more. Well, I'll
2: just go first on that point, which is... It's all going to depend on training camp. Are we going to have a full camp or are we not going to have a full camp? Because the one thing you can guarantee and part of the problem why running backs were so undervalued last year was the lack of a real preseason. I don't think a lot of the running backs were in prime condition or playing condition. So there were a lot of injuries, which meant a lot of shuffling in and out of running backs. And so it was hard to find one back who was dominating on a team it was usually two backs on every team were carrying the load at some point point. and uh, as a result wide receivers who really don't have the conditioning other than i mean quite frankly a wide receiver's conditioning to some extent is based on sprints which can be obviously simulated whereas a running back is contact so that's going to be a factor for me. I, I'm thinking, first of all, running backs are going in prime, and we'll be in this draft uh, with the last pick in the in the draft. I'm going to probably end up having to go with a wide receiver. And what do you think, E?
1: Uh, for me, I still think it's it's you got to have a good stable of running backs, and I think the two teams that are comparable to really elite wide receiver play are Derek's team and Dana's team. They have super elite wide receivers, but I think Derek has a more stable running back room. Um, I think Dana just went on a super magical run and managed the hell out of his team. But I don't think, even for him, I don't think he's looking forward to the mess at running back that he's going to have to deal with for this <laughs> next year. <laughs>
2: This is the yeah, second no. time of second time I've won a championship with a losing record.
1: I I agree, and I think you manage the hell out of your team. I really really do. But I I for me, it would be make me feel so much more comfortable having the elite wide receiver talent that you do, but to have a a running back like uh, David Montgomery, like Derek has, and somebody else compared to a David Johnson and a and a and a Todd Gurley, like you said, you don't even know if Todd Gurley's gonna play again. You do have DeAndre Swift, but you have to wonder about the direction that the Lions are going to go because the Lions are just the Lions. But for me, I would just feel more comfortable with a more stable running back room.
0: All right. So let's transition then to those wide receivers uh, since this has been the strength of your team since the league pretty much began and the backbone of your four championships at this point. But Robbie Anderson, Kiki Kuti, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Chad Hansen, Alan Lazard, DK Metcalf, Zach Pascal, Tim Patrick, Calvin
2: Ridley, and that's the list. Galladay, it, it's, you know, last year was not much help because uh, he was hurt most of the year and he was playing for the Lions. So um, this year, how many balls he's going to get going for the Giants, I don't know. I'm not overly confident in David Jones, but. We'll see, you know. Robbie Anderson, Who's David was, Jones, Daniel Jones. He excuse meant me. Daniel
1: Jones. Oh, he meant Daniel
2: Jones. Okay. Robbie Anderson was uh, a great hold for me. I almost caught him, but I thought, eh, all right, I'll hold on to him because I don't see who else is going to be on that team catching. Uh, Mike Evans is a deity, as is uh, Calvin Ridley. It's going to be interesting with the Falcons. Again, it's going to depend on who the quarterback is and how much Ridley is. Because I've seen um, mop drafts, and I think uh, Kuyper and um, McShay are both projecting the Falcons to take a, a wideout. Um, I don't think that if they do draft a wideout, that that's going to take targets away from Ridley. It's probably going to take them away from the other side, Julio Jones. So, because Jones is starting to get up there in age as well as uh, his overall age. Um, Zach Paschal and Tim Patrick are both on the borderline of what I want to do. Patrick still has a problem in who's throwing to him. Uh, Paschal at least has a better quarterback now uh, throwing to him than he had. Uh, Well, although rivers was good it's um i think pascal does better with more deep balls and i don't think that uh, philip rivers had the arm strength anymore to go deep so i like my stable it could fall apart but i ended up making a a trade at the time during the season that i kind of regret now because i was trying to find a running back to fill out my stable and ended up making a deal and uh before the Rams actually got a quarterback.
0: All right. So, I'm going to take that unless e do you want to address that first?
1: Well, I mean, he's got three, I think in my eyes. He's got three wide receiver ones on his team in DK Calvin Ridley and Mike Evans. That in alone makes his his wide receiver room one of the top rooms in the league. So, like I was saying, he's got elite wide receivers then it just all comes down to what he does in the draft. And really what Robbie Anderson is going to be, was last year kind of a fluke? Or is that who he's going to be moving forward in Carolina? But you got to feel pretty comfortable with his wide receiver room.
0: Right now, I really like where Calvin Ridley's positioning is, but I would be shocked if Atlanta took a wide receiver at the number four pick. I think they're more likely to trade down or take a tackle or Kyle Pitts than they are to do that just simply because the Arthur Smith offense relies on, at worst, three receivers, and they already have like four or five different guys on that Falcon team that caught passes last year. They're going to go much more tight end, heavy set. They're going to be running uh, a lot more play action, uh, doing 12 personnel as opposed to 11. So I really don't see them taking a wide receiver, given that they still have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. But I do see Calvin Ridley excelling kind of in a similar fashion to AJ Brown in that offense. DK Metcalf is kind of a weird one for me. I know this is a guy that I was really high on last year, but if the Seahawks and this weird power struggle between Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll persists, where Pete Carroll is constantly wanting to run the football, I don't know if we're going to get first half DK Metcalf from last season where he was explosive, he was... I think top three in the league in overall points, he might've been even number one. I know he was competing with Calvin Ridley for a a bunch of that first half of the season, or if we're going to get second half, DK Metcalf, which was really weighed down by the fact that Russell Wilson just was not throwing the ball. And if he was, he was very interception prone. The offense was struggling and they really had some problems. I know they brought in a new offensive coordinator, but they're talking about running the football a lot more. Now, if that sets up the pass, and his target share doesn't decrease, then sure, Metcalf is still in there. But he's kind of a, uh, an odd question mark, given how well he played at times last year for me. Andy Galladay is only a health question. He's a guy that's been dealing with health issues since he came into the league. He is a guy that can be very valuable when he's on the field, but we don't know, and we don't know what he's going to fit like with the Giants away from Matthew Stafford now. So that's that's another weird question mark. And Mike Evans, is he going to be the Mike Evans from the last few games of the season and into the playoffs with the Buccaneers? Or is he going to be the inconsistent guy where you were banking on him catching a touchdown in order for him to be valuable? I mean, these are more open questions to me. I also think D.J. Moore is the better pass catcher for Carolina going into next season as opposed to Robbie Anderson, who I remember somebody on here constantly complaining to me each week that they'd start Robbie Anderson and then he would underperform and wonder why they were 5-8 and eight going into the playoffs. So I don't think it's as open and shut as people think, but I do – at the top of the class being Metcalf and Ridley, you're far and away – ahead of what most people would like their receiver room to look like, at least in the top two or three. All right, so then let's go to what I would say is probably your most elite position because you have arguably the fantasy MVP at tight end, Travis Kelsey. Past that, is there another tight end on your team? I'm not really seeing one. He doesn't need one. Well, I know because, I mean...
1: (laughs) Death, taxes, and Travis Kelsey. He has the best tight end that this league has seen in a long, long time. Putting up wide receiver numbers, super incredible. I mean, yeah, he's got the best tight end in the game.
0: In redraft leagues, I would make an argument that outside of maybe Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, that he'd be the next guy to go off my list and ahead of a lot of running backs that we've drafted in the top five before. Absolutely. I agree 110%. Because it just gives you so much positional value over everyone
1: else on a weekly basis. But in the numbers that he's putting up at that position is just incredible consistently. So, Dad, uh, I don't know
0: if you want to weigh in on that. I, It's pretty obvious what Travis Kelsey is to your team.
2: Just to go back, I um, drafted uh, Travis Kelsey early on in the league, and I think when he was a second-year player— and uh, I I thought he was going to be phenomenal, and uh, I stuck with him, and he proved me right. He's a, a touchdown machine. I had uh, the only player who got more touchdowns than Kelsey on my team was Mike Evans. He is in a position. I, I mean, there's a, a argument that can be made that uh, Eric Kittle will be competitive, and I think you're going to see potentially... A few others that might rise up to be challenges, especially as Kelsey gets older. But um, for right now, I think he is the top tight, tight end.
0: To be fair, it, it it's obvious that he's the top tight end. It's a question of when the drop off is going to come.
1: Sorry, I don't see that. I don't see that drop off coming anytime soon as long as Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. Yeah, I wonder.
0: I mean, he had a huge game in the Super Bowl. He doesn't look like he's slowing anytime soon. He had his best season now at 32, so can he, but can he realistically put up three more years of this? That That's just going to be the only question. I think you have to ride him out at this point because you don't want to predict when he's going to be on the decline, and even two-thirds of what Travis Kelsey's doing now is still incredibly
2: valuable. I mean, the thought's going to cross my mind that, You know, if there's a decent tight end prospect in this draft, I may want to go ahead and make the the jump and grab a a tight end in the mid-rounds just to hold on as a backup in case. But, um, you know, I mean, I only, when Kelsey's on a bye, that's the only time I pick up a tight end, and usually I can pick up somebody on waivers to fill in on a given week to give me enough points that it's not a hindrance.
0: That's fair. So I, I certainly wouldn't be going away from the position, but I, I think past Kyle Pitts in this particular draft, and we'll get into this when we get into our pre-draft rankings, but I just don't see a lot of tight end value just based on overall talent. It's going to be more of positional fit and opportunity. But then again, I could say the same of the running back class that's coming in. I think I see maybe three guys that I think it wouldn't matter which team they end up on. It's just a matter of when they get their opportunity. There are other ones where I think positional fit and team fit are going to be more important to whether they end up becoming something of fantasy relevance. So finally, as we do every week with these shows, what tier is this team in? Dad, we'll let you kind of assess yourself here for a second, but Title contender, on the rise, declining, rebuilding, or basement dwelling. In the hunt. In the hunt. You got to add that. Oh, I suppose.
2: In the hunt is a new one we um, threw in last night. I'm going to say I'm in the hunt because twice I've won championships with losing records. There's some holes in my team. I admit that. But, you know, if I get lucky in a couple of picks here and there, maybe make a trade or a deal here and there uh I'm going to be right there and um realistically as long as you have two quarterbacks that are playing exceptionally well and a tight end that's playing exceptionally well and you have more than two wideouts who can fill slots and be number ones I think you're within that realm of being on the outside ready to challenge on a given moment if anybody puts a dump on 50-yard line, as uh, I've heard someone comment multiple times about their team. Okay, I'm not sure who you're referring to on that one. You. Okay. You've said multiple times where you've been in the playoffs where all of a sudden your team, you know, you think you're going to win, and then all of a sudden it just makes a dump on the 50-yard line, and you have no, like, why? Well, that's fair. I've always said that the playoffs is kind of random.
0: Uh, especially in the one team or one week format but regardless you've taken advantage of the fact that you've been the sixth seed twice with losing records and somehow come out on top including once over me and once over ethan so that cannot be understated (laughs) yes ethan what do you think what tier is he in
1: Uh, man this is a tough one because we're not grading him as a manager we're grading his team right he, as a manager, is is top dog. Like You can't argue what he does each and every year managing his team. But looking at his team right now, I don't think you can be as confident as you were even at the beginning of last year. That being said, he has two elite quarterbacks. He has a bunch of elite wide receivers. It's just his running backs really, really are not that great, in my opinion. But... I don't think he's like declining because I really don't think that his 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 people that are carrying his team are declining. So I'm gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna go that he's in the hunt too. If he makes a couple of trades, I think he'd be right back there. Or if he got a lucky draft pick as well, I think he'd be right that back or right back there. So I'm gonna go in the hunt.
0: So this league has been around for seven years. Of current active owners. You're the only two with titles in your trophy cabinet, let's say. Uh, One of you has one, the other one has four. You're also uh, the two, I guess, the three of us collectively have the most playoff success, most playoff buys of any of the managers in this current league. Now, obviously, that will evolve over time. I think we have a little bit more interest and involvement among even the supposed bottom dwellers of the league. And I I don't say that derogatorily, but rather as just a recognition of where some of those teams have been historically. I'm going to go with an odd one on this one. I'm going to go rebuilding just because I think there's a retooling aspect to this team. Travis Kelsey is elite, but he's kind of in that older category, but can still consistently perform. Mike Evans is the same. Aaron Rodgers is the same. But where I see where this team is somewhat rebuilding is on the strength of some of its younger players, a Josh Allen, a DK Metcalf, a Kelvin Ridley, a DeAndre Swift. You know, Those four players are a good stable or a good young core to build around and then retool. But other than this run, if he was a 5-8 and eight team that flamed out in the first round of the playoffs, we'd be looking at this team a little bit differently. So I, there are good pieces around it, and it's going to be a matter of how well or not that you manage some, not only the draft, but obviously free agency, because there's so many different factors that go into this sometimes. But you won a title and you've won a bunch of different titles. You've been retooling the team over the last couple of years, and now it's a matter of uh, where does this team take its next step? Do some of these guys decline? And we're, uh, where do we see this in the, the upcoming? I would say more than anything, it's probably in the rebuilding, but could very easily be on the rise again
2: here in the near future. To be honest, maybe, maybe you're right. I don't know. I always have felt kind of like I'm rebuilding each year anyway, simply because there are so many pieces that seem to shift and move around. And I just somehow or another am able to put together a roster that does just enough to either win or be within the within striking distance
0: so thank you to all the listeners and dynasty players out there we do appreciate you we'll be back again soon to continue our off-season coverage but until then
1: wear a mask we'll talk to you soon
0: this podcast was mixed produced and edited by thomas duncan it is a production of ronnie duncan studios our music is thanks to purple planet music our technical provider and distributor is anchor fm